0: I really like that Christ is our firm foundation he's never let us down in every situation he's faithful whether in life sadly to say whether in death whether in trial whether in joy no matter the situation hallelujah for your healing mama Victoria No matter the situation, we have to say, he doesn't fail. He won't fail. He won't let us down. You see, even if things don't go the way we desire, he'll take us through. He'll lift us up. He'll strengthen us. He will bear our burdens. And he will turn our sorrow into joy. Amen? Amen. 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 He'll turn our sorrow into joy. Amen. Amen. Somebody needs to hear that today. That he will turn our sorrow into joy. Into joy. How can you carry on serving him, carry on praising him, when life hits you? The powerful thing is, he never fails. He remains the same. And he is our strength, our shield, our portion. He's everything we need in every moment, in every situation, all of the time. I loved the testimony of one of the ladies here, that she didn't know what to do when her son was ill. She prayed because she didn't know where else to go, where else to turn. She prayed. That's all she could do. But God brought her through. Amen? Amen. Amen. So this morning, Sowing Seeds of Success is our series this month. And my title is It's More Than a Moment. I should have put the word just in. It's more than just a moment. My main text is taken from the book of Acts, chapter 12, and I will just give you a scenario that um, King Herod at the time was trying to kill everybody, destroy everybody, who was a follower of Jesus Christ. He didn't want them alive. He didn't want faith to grow. He didn't want people to be followers of Christ. Aren't we blessed today that we can say we're followers of Christ, and in this nation, so far, we can serve our God. Amen? So he was going about killing and doing everything he could this Herod to stop Christianity spreading. He'd already killed and put to death one of the disciples, James, John's brother, He was very happy with it, and so I read from verse 5 of Acts chapter 12. So Peter was kept in the prison because he put Peter in prison, intending to kill him. But prayer for him was being made fervently by the church to God. On the very night when Herod was about to bring him forward, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains. it was fully guarded, and guards in front of the door were watching over the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared, and a light shone in the cell, and he struck Peter's side and woke him up, saying, get up quickly, and his chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him, gird yourself and put your sandals, put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and continued to follow. And he, Peter, did not know that that what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they'd passed the first and the second guard they came to the iron gate that leads into the city, which opened for them by itself. The gates opened. And they went out and went along one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. Then Peter said to himself, when he came to himself, now I know for sure that the Lord has sent forth his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. So he's imprisoned and he's suddenly free in a moment. Suddenly he has escaped in a moment. And when he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, who was also called Mark, where many were gathered together and they were praying. When he knocked at the door of the gate, a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer. When she recognized Peter's voice, because of her joy, she didn't open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter was standing in front of the gate. They said to her, you're out of your mind. They're praying that Peter will escape. And when he does, they don't believe that God has answered prayer. Isn't that just like us? They they said to her, you're out of your mind, but she kept insisting that it was so. And they kept saying, it's his angel. But Peter continued knocking. There's a sermon in there too. And when they had opened the door, they saw him and they were amazed. But motioning to them with his hand to be silent, he described to them how the Lord had led him out of the prison by the hand of an angel. And he said, report these things to James and the brethren. Then he left and went to another place. So Peter had an incredible moment. But there's more than just a moment, isn't there? What happened to Peter after that moment of being set free from prison? How did he get there in the first place? Peter is a man who had many, many moments in his life. He was a fisherman, and he was called out of the ordinary life. Come, follow me, Jesus said. So he dropped everything that he was doing, and he followed Jesus. There was a moment. After that moment where he was asked to follow, did he stop and watch Jesus go down the road and leave him behind? If he had, would we know anything about Peter today? No. He followed. He took the steps. He saw in his life the first miracle, or the first miracle that he saw, was when Jesus came to his home and his mother-in-law was healed. So he saw miracles and became familiar with the miracles of Jesus Christ. He saw the miracle of the five loaves and two fishes which fed 5,000 people. My learned brother earlier on told me I missed something out on purpose. But Peter was preaching the gospel and Peter was telling good news. And Peter was there at the day of Pentecost talking to those who were converting. In Matthew 14, verse 22 onwards, after he saw the miracle of the five loaves and two fishes. Did he stop at that? Did he stop when his mother-in-law was healed and turned back to fishing? He didn't, although they were incredible moments. And here was another one. The miracle of the 5,000 being fed has taken place. And in Matthew 14, Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he sent the crowds away. So they're sent on a boat. After he had sent the crowds away, he went up on the mountain, this is Jesus, by himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was alone there. Amen. But the boat was already a long distance from the land, battered by the waves, for the wind was contrary. So the boat... Without Jesus hit a storm. And in the fourth watch of the night he came to them walking on the sea. How did it feel to the disciples? In the midst of rain and wind, they suddenly see a man walking on water. Ha! They immediately, when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost! And they cried out in fear. Have any of you walked on water? But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. And here came Peter's next moment. Peter said to him, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. Peter walked on water because Jesus commanded him. What a moment. Did he stay on the water? No, because he took his eyes off of Jesus and panicked. And as he was sinking, verse 31 says, immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him and said to him, you of little faith, why did you doubt? But the wind and the rain stopped. But Peter had a moment. He walked on water. After that moment, did he sit down Go back to being a fisherman. Forget all of the miracles that he saw while walking with Jesus. Peter was special. Like some of the other apostles, he was a close companion of Jesus throughout Jesus' time on earth. So he walked with him and he saw many things. He had moments. Would he turn and walk away from those moments? Or would he do something with those moments. What will you baptism candidates do today in your next moment where you're going to go under the water and rise again in your public declaration that Jesus is the Lord of your life? Are you going to stop at that moment? Peter was used of God. This was his future because every single moment became another moment and he searched for another moment. Aeneas at Lydda was bedridden for eight years and Peter was the one who was used to raise him up to bring healing to him. Dorcas died in Joppa. Mm. Peter was sent to raise Dorcas from the dead. I know it's a hard thing, but do we believe that the dead can rise today? I believe we're going to see that in our time. well. Peter was used to open the doors to the non-Jews at the house of Cornelius. He was called to go where Jewish people were not supposed to go, to mix with those who were non-Jews or called Gentiles. But when Peter went there, God, as Peter was teaching, filled Cornelius' household with the Holy Spirit. So Peter had no excuse or reason to not baptise them in water. So the Holy Spirit came first, and then they were baptised in water. What a moment for Peter, realising that God had opened the doors to the non-Jews, to the Gentiles, the doors were opened through Peter. Peter had glitches, he denied Jesus three times, but he penned two books in the New Testament every moment became another moment, and then another moment, and then another moment, because he didn't stop. He didn't go backwards, he didn't say, oh well, I've had my time, I've had my fun. Peter ends up being one of the leaders of the early church, an apostle that many would go to for advice, because he didn't stop. At that last verse in Matthew, um, in Acts chapter 12, that I'd read, uh, verse 17. He said, tell them what's happened. Did he want to build the faith of the saints? That I was in prison and Christ set me free from the prison. Go and tell them he never stopped doing things for Jesus Christ. He didn't die a great death, he died a horrible death. But he died a death worthy of saying that I am a follower of Jesus Christ. So we all have special moments when God touches us. What do we do with those moments? Do we stop? Do we go backwards because of an incident, because of a tragedy, because of something that didn't go my way? Do we stop and back off? I won't go too far back. Do we back off? <laughs> and say, oh, well, it didn't work out. Let me stop doing what I'm called to do. A lawyer will go for training And at the end of his training, he becomes qualified. And then he goes and takes a job in a department store. Why would he do that after all that training? Why would he not enjoy the moment of passing his qualifications and then going forward to be a lawyer? One of our congregation members shared with me the other day, I'd been praying for him, and he was doing a plumbing course. And he came really excited to me to tell me that he has qualified. Under difficult circumstances, some people push through. So now he's qualified as a plumber. Is he going to be a plumber or is he going to sit down with his qualification and do nothing? That was a moment of success in his life. Is he going to take it forward? Now, we're talking about sowing seeds of success. But honestly, the success of mankind is nothing Compared to a life of success in Jesus Christ It's nothing Being successful in the world is nice You know it strokes our egos and all of that But being successful for Jesus Christ is something very different. You can be in your profession But be successful for Jesus Christ within it What are you giving out? What are you doing? What are you saying? Whose lives are you changing because of the moment you had with Christ? I loved Barima's testimony that last year we helped to build a fence and it sounded like a simple thing. But if the fence had been built and then they didn't plant, what would have taken place? If the fence had been built, they said, great, the money was raised and we've had success, we've built a fence. And then sat down, people's lives wouldn't be changed. The Fulani converts wouldn't have food to eat, but now they have food to eat and somewhere to lay their heads because Barima and his team didn't enjoy just that one moment, but they did something with the moment. An athlete, and I like watching athletics, and I see especially the 110 meters hurdles, and honestly, what a race to get over hurdles at speed and not trip over. But the one who has the victory, that is a great moment in his life. For the next competition, if he has stopped and he doesn't train, how is he going to succeed again? You don't stop at that moment of victory. You don't stop at that moment because it's been great. And I want to encourage you candidates today, as you go under the water and you come up, that's your moment. But what after? Look for moments with God. Move on to new moments where you can grow and you can soar and you can do the things he's called you to do. Earlier on, I'd heard this um, scripture and I wanted to just share it with you, candidates. In Colossians 3.16, it says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, ends up with, speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. I want to encourage you to never leave off of the word, because that's where the seeds are sown for success in Christ in your lives. For me, my life is busy, and we can all make excuses about we can't read the Bible, we don't give time to the word of God, we have to. How I encourage myself is I play the audible Bible, audio Bible, or whatever you call it, at night for one hour when I'm going to sleep. So I can hear the word. Nowadays, I hear the whole hour. doesn't matter what time I go to sleep, I hear the word. I use different situations to feed myself with the word. We have to let the word live in us richly. So read that word, study that word, find ways to ensure the word of God is going into your lives, ready for your next moment. Change is coming in your life, Eugenia. A change is coming in your life because you're going to eat the word like you've never before, and you're going to know God like you never have before, and you're going to be strong, and you're going to do exploits for the Lord that you cannot imagine. In Jesus' name. So, we're going to enjoy there. ...this moment of their journey shortly. I want to ask a question to some of us here today. Our welcome team is ready to serve you. If you have never had that moment where you have said... ...Jesus Christ, come into my life and be the Lord of my life... ...then you have an opportunity now to start that moment. If you are in here under the sound of my voice and you think, I do want to begin a moment that does something for the rest of my life, and you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, please raise your hand gently. One of the welcome team will come to you. I'll give you a few seconds of an opportunity. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, but you want to start with that first moment, then raise your hand so a welcome team person and come to you. Thank you, madam. Thank you so much. Yay! Come on, we celebrate. (laughs) Hallelujah. Somebody will come to see you. If you're at home and you want to do this as well because you happen to be watching, then contact us on our website and somebody will help you through your journey with Christ because this is a moment for this lady and for many others of you If you are born again, expect that you want to have change in your life. Are you willing to change direction like Peter did? Giving up a habit? Embarking on a time of sacrificial study? Forgiving somebody that you decided you will never release forgiveness to? What is that thing that you say now is the time for me to have another moment with Jesus Christ on my journey. I encourage you today, don't just sit where you've had a moment. If you're going to succeed in Jesus Christ, then push for another moment, and another moment, and another moment, and another moment, until you fulfill all that is called you to do and be. In Jesus' name, amen.